So I would, actually wasn't supposed to be speaking today. Uh, I had another speaker lined up. But she bailed out on me. She said, I have a better gig, so <laughs> she said she'd do it at a later date. So I really wasn't expecting to do this because uh, I get tired of me. I don't know if y'all get tired of me, but I really am tired of me. That's how I feel like I'm tired of me. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I started this little journey, uh, and I've been kind of sharing about my, a lot of what I'm sharing, well, most of what I ever share comes out of my own personal walk with the Lord. I think that's the way it should be. Uh, but just on this whole journey of, you know, receiving guidance from the Lord, you know, and, and allowing God to, to direct my path and lead me to where I need to be going in life. Because I feel like we're just at a time where it's really, it really is time to move forward. Uh, you know, we've been, you know, in a terrible time in our nation for a while, uh, almost a year now. And it's really changed things in our nation. And it's changed things in the church. And I don't, I'm not really expecting the church to go back to be, a, be, to be what it was before all this started. I would be disappointed. I think I've said this before. But I would be very disappointed if we just go back, uh, you know, business as usual, status quo. Um, so I think God has more for us. And so that's what I'm, and I don't know what that looks like. You know, I can't. I can't, I don't want to even try to waste my time figuring it out. But what I really do want is to move forward on a, on a personal level with the Lord and, and allow the Lord to stir my heart the way He wants to stir it. Um, and I think He is. And I've, I, I think He's stirring a lot of people's hearts right now. Um, there's so much that, that I'm not willing to let go of that God's done in my life. And I'm not willing to, to let this life overwhelm the things that God's done in me and the, things, the dreams that God's put in my heart because I know a lot of them are from the Lord. That does not guarantee they're going to happen. But it does give the opportunity for them to happen, right? You know, God can give you uh, prophetic words. He can give you dreams but there's, there's, not a, there's not a guarantee unless the Lord says, I guarantee you this is going to happen, that those will happen. It means they can happen. Because this is the way this thing works. Is God knows our future. He goes into our future in a sense and sees where he wants us to go. And he gives us a word in the now, in the now about that so we can have some seed, some potential in our life to go that direction. And I know a lot of people are carrying promises from the Lord and things that God has done in their life and things that they believe for. And I'm just really, I'm, that's the thing I'll, I'm going to fight for because that's the only thing, that's the reason we're on this earth is for why God put us here. And, you know, we can all get disappointed when things don't work out and that's just kind of normal. But I'm not going to, I don't want to let disappointment rule my life. Right? And we've all been disappointed. Yeah, it's like you get married and you marry somebody and they wind up disappointing you. Well, I'm not going to be unmarried just because my wife disappointed me or my spouse. I wouldn't say Beck. Becky doesn't disappoint me. She whips me into line. She's not in here to defend herself. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And many times, many believers, we let things stop us. 
And there's times when it is time to pause in, in terms of finding rest for your soul and finding a, a refreshing moment with God. Uh, but it, you just can't stay in a holding pattern. Amen. Well, I'm glad Larry liked it. <laughs> so I'm going to read these verses here because um, actually this is, I think this is really key for us. Uh, in Hebrews, it's uh, Hebrews 5, 9 through 14. And it's kind of jumping into the middle of this long conversation. And how many of you love the book of Hebrews? Oh, man, it's, it's powerful because it's all about Christ being better and let's make the list, right? And he's better than the angels. You know, I mean, just that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about, is how the preeminence of Jesus. And, and uh, it just goes through many things. But th So this is kind of like picking out a piece of the conversation. Uh, and, and it's speaking of, of Christ, and he's, it says, And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. I'm going to stop right there. See, this is the, the thing here is, and I don't know, I, that whole thing about Melchizedek is totally a fascinating topic. Okay, there's so much more that's going on in the spirit realm that has been going on in the spirit realm that's going on in the spirit realm now and will than we have ever imagined. And... And unfortunately, these people were not in a position to receive what God wanted them to receive. The Lord had a, a heart. He had a, a download for them. that He wanted a download revelation on them that could have changed their whole life. And, but because they were dull of hearing, they were not in a position to receive what God had for them in that very moment. And because they were not, we have not. You see, it's sort of like what Adam did has affected all of us. And so we're living with the results of that. And so we're pushing into these revelations. Uh, and so one of the greatest things that we can do as believers, I think, is to either overcome or prevent dullness of hearing. Because although, as I stated Clearly, we all, if you're in Christ, you have the ability to hear God. In fact, you have heard God or you wouldn't be in Christ. You know, you heard Him. That's the way we get saved. We don't get saved because of some information in our brain. We get saved because of here, that we hear the voice of the Lord within us. And it brings us in. We hear that invitation to come into the kingdom. We, and so we all can hear the voice of the Lord and and many people hear the voice of the Lord well, but over time, we all can come to places where we don't feel like we're hearing very well. And sometimes God is not really, maybe, maybe He's not talking to you for some particular reason, okay? And I could talk about that, but, but, but generally speaking, God wants to speak to people. He wants to talk to people because God wants the relationship, Right? He wants a relationship with us more than we want a relationship with Him. And the way you have relationships with someone, with any person, there has to be communication. There has to be exchange. And it can't just be us talking to God, you know, with our prayers and our thoughts. It has to, there has to be this inter, interchange between us and God where we're hearing His thoughts. We're hearing what He has to say. 
and us telling him things and asking him things and getting revelation from him. There's so many benefits that God has for his people. There's so much that God wants us to have. And because, but so when we become dull in our hearing, we're we're cutting ourselves off from all these beautiful things. Think about what the Holy Spirit does. It says He's a counselor. We're loose. We're we're cutting ourselves off from counsel from heaven, uh, in making decisions and choices. We're cutting ourselves off. It's the the Holy Spirit's a teacher, right? He's a teacher. We cut ourselves off from Him speaking to us and teaching us about spiritual things. We cut ourselves off from uh, comfort. You know, we all need comfort at times. You know, he's a comforter. And, and, and so we, begin, we begin to lose those things. We begin to lose that present tense voice of the Spirit of God in our life. And, and, and as we do, and it's not like in one day suddenly you're, you're all dis, you know, discombobulated and messed up and, and you're lukewarm. It doesn't happen today. It's little by little life can take its toll on you little by little by little and you're not really necessarily thinking about you're not really hearing with the Lord or you're not connected you may be you may have a little concern here or there but then you you go and you sit under great worship anointing or great some great preaching anointing and you feel satisfied with that okay and 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 that's beautiful and that's part of the program but that is surely not enough it is surely not enough because think about this. Judas walked with Jesus for three years. He touched the body of Jesus. He heard his words. He heard stuff that we haven't heard. And look what he did. Okay? Uh, who, what was that guy with Paul? What was Demas. Demas, a person that the Bible speaks of in Paul's travels, who was an associate of Paul, who traveled with Paul. And the last thing we hear about Demas, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted us. And he was a man who walked with the Apostle Paul, the most spiritual man who walked the earth. So there was something, there's something missing. There can be things missing in our lives, okay, where we begin to grow dull in our hearing. Okay? Are y'all with me this morning? So, <clears throat> this thing really here is driving me nuts. I keep thinking I'm going to hit it and knock it down. <laughs> Somebody knocked something down one day recently and on the stage was it here. They just knocked it down while they was doing something. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what happens when we become dull of hearing our spirit not, not only we are, we're not hearing, we become stunted spiritually. We quit growing spiritually. And when we quit growing spiritually, it's not that just we stay at the same place spiritually. We literally start regressing spiritually. Because in the spirit world, either you're growing in Christ or you're being diminished in Christ. There is no, there is, you know, there's, a, there's just no other road. There's no other thing that God has. Okay, we're either growing him. Now, many times we don't perceive that we're growing, right? It's just like when someone's, when we were not having services for all those months, and then some of these kids came back, and it's like, good Lord, what have they fed you? Well, the parents were not necessarily recognizing the growth in the children because every day they see them, it's just it's so familiar with them. But when you haven't seen them in a while, you see these little kids, some of their sprouting up and that's the way we are spiritually we're not always perceiving what's happening in us 
But And then there comes a point where we realize there's something different, that God has done something different in us. So I was wanting to talk about this. Let me finish reading this. Uh, for, for though... I was wanting to talk about being dull of hearing. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. I hope y'all figured that out by now. <laughs> For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. There is a lot in this, okay? And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. This is all a setup, okay? For There's something here that's dear. It's verse 14, but I, there's more in there. But here, here's some things. I'm just going to tell you, there's lots of things that will make you grow dull in hearing. The Bible's full of them. I'm just going to, I wrote down a few of them that can really affect us. This, this. One is the desire for other things. The love of money. The cares of this life. Disappointment. I think I've already mentioned that one. Guilt. Shame, insecurity, all those are tied to a bad identity. All those things can keep you from really, they can dull your hearing. Fear, fear, controlling fear. Any type, any type of controlling fear. We, we were addressing that. That was good. We were going after the fear of this COVID thing. See, that very thing, if that thing is controlling you, has any control on you, it is going to diminish your ability to hear from God. That's what fear does. It, it really does do that. So any kind of fear, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of whatever. If, now listen, we're not saying fear is going away. Fear is here. It's part of the world. We all, the most courageous people they are, feel fear. Right? It's just what we do with it. Do we let it control us or do we stand against it? Do we overcome it? Do we gain wisdom to deal with it? And so if you feel fear, you're normal. You're supposed to feel fear. If you didn't feel fear, there'd be something wrong with you. You'd be lying to yourself. It's just what do you do with that fear? Does that fear have a grip on you? And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of believers right now that fear has gripped them and shut them down. And they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. They, can, they have a lot of justifications for their actions and their thoughts. But they don't realize they're justifying everything based on something called fear. So, okay. Y'all good? Uh, dishonoring other people. Dishonoring other people. Remember when Jesus was in his hometown? And he couldn't do many miracles there because they were familiar. They dishonored who he was. And it, and it cut them off. From God, God was there, and it cut them off because they dishonored who he was. And so anytime, and so that's the, the extreme case, right? Dishonoring Jesus, that's the extreme case. But we, if we dishonor each other, see, that, begin, that will begin to dull your ability to hear spiritually. And then, of course, there's uh, the traditions of men wanting that the Pharisees' problem. You know, didn't Jesus rebuke them about that? About their, you know, they honor their traditions more than him. You know, if we have traditions that we hold so tight to that we, we just 
it keeps us from being able to hear. It will begin to diminish your ability to hear spiritually. Uh, fatigue. You can be totally exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally. And that will, t- that will take its toll on your ability to hear. That's why you have to really take care of your, your body. You have to take care of your soul uh, and not get to a place where you're just living on the ragged edge all the time because that really will keep you from being able to hear the Lord. And, of course, there's disobedience, rebellion, not confessing sin in your life, not repenting of sin. Those are just your, everybody knows that, pride. Of course pride is going to do that. So these are all things that can dull our hearing. Um, let me, can I diverge just a second here? I, I really want to share this with you. It kind of goes with it, uh, but it's not really. But this is really awesome. I watched this, it does go with it. I watched this thing last night on um, the Welsh Revival. You know, for those who don't know, in 1904, that was a, kind of a long time ago, there was this, a revival that happened in the country of Wales. And it was, the, the, it was a, like a little documentary, and it came from uh, the diary of Evan Roberts, who was the guy that God used to start this revival, the, di- the diary of Evan Roberts, the diary of uh, some of the pastors that were connected with it, the uh, diary of some of the people who were part of the ministry team. Uh, and, and this is why I want to say this. This is how this revival started, okay? This, this young man, Evan Roberts, was, went to Bible school. Out of high school, went to Bible school. He was there for six weeks. And the burden of the Lord came so strong on him that he, he literally felt like he couldn't bear it. And he felt in his heart that he had to go back home, go to his church, and he wanted to speak to the young people in his church. That's what he felt God had called him to do. So he comes home unexpectedly. His mama like, what are you doing here? And he tells her, and she said, well, we ain't heard nothing about that. The pastor hadn't, didn't announce it Sunday that you were going to speak. And he said, the pastor doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> And so he, uh, he goes, there's a Monday night prayer meeting at this church. He goes to the prayer meeting, and he talks to the pastor, and the pastor won't let him speak at the prayer meeting, but the pastor did say, I'll tell you what I'll do, Evan. When the prayer meeting's over, I'm going to dismiss it, and, but then I'm going to tell everybody, if you want, Evan's got something to say. If you would like to stay and hear what he has to say, please do. Seventeen people stayed. Okay, 17 people stayed to hear what this guy had to say. He was just a young, young buck of a guy, okay? And this is what he said, okay? I want to tell you. He said this, there are four things that we must do for God to do what God wants to do because he knew God was going to do something powerful. He said, number one, we must, this is his four-point message. I'm going to give you his four-point. It was a quickie. Confess any known sin to God and put away any wrong done to others. That's the first point. Number two, put away any doubtful habit. Number two. Number three, obey the Holy Spirit promptly. Promptly. And number four, confess Christ openly. That is what started the revival. Just what he said. God came on those people. They asked him, they had some other meeting the next night. They said, won't you just come back and do the meeting? And little by little, literally, this is literally what was happening. The Holy Spirit started coming on people. These, this was a coal mine in town where he lived. 
these coal miners would leave work at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, go home, grab a bite to eat, and go to these meetings and stay there at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning because God was moving so powerful. Half the pubs in Wales, the country of Wales, shut down during this revival. Half of them. Okay, sports. You know, they were big into football. Soccer is really, it's not football. Y'all know about that, right? It's just soccer, right, Marlon? <laughs> that was a big deal over there, right? It's a great sport. But they had to, it was shutting, them, shutting the games down because all the athletes were going to church when they were supposed to be playing games. They wanted to be. There was one point where Evan came into a church and it was so packed that he literally had to walk over the shoulders of men to get to the front. There was no spot. It was sort of like that night the Helsers came. <laughs> yeah, except for nobody called the fire marshal and got me in all this big trouble. You know? <laughs> yeah. That was fun that night, except when the fire marshal came. It was like, uh. Anyways, Lord help, right? <laughs> that was really nice of Jonathan Helser to come back the next morning. What? <laughs> don't you tell nobody. Listen, nobody don't tell anybody. I don't need to go to jail. <laughs> next time I'm headed to jail. <laughs> Anyways, 100,000 in three months, 100,000 people came into the kingdom of God. 100,000. Isn't that amazing? Man, that's powerful. You know, the beautiful thing about that, and the reason I'm sharing that is is uh, I just believe God wants to do something like that in the United States. And, you know, you would say, well, 100,000 people is not that much for the United States, but think about the country of Wales. It's a very small country. That was a pile of people. And five years later, some real brilliant theologian said, well, that was a false revival because only 80,000 of those people still remain. <laughs> like, okay, you know, that beats the parable of the sower. <laughs> Right, the parable of silvers gives us 25% chance. You know? <laughs> you know, people will come up with some crazy stuff. So, you know, 80%, 80,000 people into the kingdom. And a lot of our spiritual heritage, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Uh, a lot of our spiritual heritage has come directly from people who were directly influenced by people who were touched in that revival. And, isn't that powerful? So we have this... I guess that's what I'm saying. There's this thing, listen to it, it's just a so connected feeling to it. So feeling like God wants to do something like that again in our country. And then, of course, you know, we, he did do something like that. We call it the Azusa Street Revival. That revival from, from Wales jumped over here to Los Angeles at Azusa Street. Remember Azusa Street, the Pentecostal Revival? That's how, where that came from. That was this, the wind that blew across the world and, and brought the revival to, to the United States. It was the same move of God. So we have all these connections. And I'm just not willing to let go of any of those connections. I really don't, I don't care, you know, what the culture says. Is This is what's going to change our world. It's what's going to change our world. And we can't go back and try to re replicate that. But we are saying, Lord, do it again. Whatever it looks like today in our culture. However it looks, however you choose to do it. We want you to do it again. And we want to be a part of it. Okay? We want to be a part of what God's doing. The kingdom of God coming to the earth and shutting pubs down and, you know, eliminating things that need to be eliminated. That was it.
on that. And I've spent all that time talking about that. Okay, Becky, come on up here. If you got the, you got the revelation, you got to do it. <laughs> I just feel like let's stand up and pray. He'll, I'll get him back up here in a minute. I won't take over. Lord, we just ask you right now, Lord, for that revival fire, Lord, that flame to come again. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, Lord, it's something deep in us. Lord, we don't even have words for it, Lord, but we feel it. Lord, I think there's so many in this room that feel, Lord, a crying out for you to move again, Lord. Move however you want to. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to move, to move in this place. Move wherever you want to, Lord. Move, but Lord, we're saying move with the young people, just like you did then, Lord. We're crying out, Lord, for those young people, Lord, that are all back there in that building right now. We just say, send the fire. Send the fire. Lord, send the fire down, Lord, that they would burn with zeal for you and for your kingdom, Lord God. Well, Lord, we're saying send it on us. Send the fire on us again, Lord God. Don't let our, our fire grow cold inside of us, Lord. We're asking you to fan the flame again. Lord, send revival. Send awakening in our land, Lord. We cry out for it. Lord, it's in our DNA. So many in this room, it's in their DNA. It has come through the ages, and it's here. It's in us. It's in our bloodline, Lord. So many of us have come from Wales. We've come from the UK. We've come from Ireland through our bloodline. Lord, we come from those nations. Lord, all through the revival nations, and we're asking you to do it again, Lord. Lord, in that revival, they said this, that you would learn in, in one night, in one week of revival, what it would take three years in a seminary to get, Lord. And so we're asking to do it again, Lord. Do it again in Jesus' name. Yeah, one of the sweet things, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you this. It, I, this is just messing my message up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. God likes to mess stuff up. Um, the song, Where's Love? Y'all know that song? We've sang that song. It's a hymn. Where, you know, come on, somebody. Vast as an ocean. Huh? I can sing. Here is love. Okay. Okay. Where's love? Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> I'm not really on. I'm not with the program. Okay. Here is love. We've sang that song a few times. It's a, it's a beautiful hymn. But this girl that was in this revival that could sing very well. He, I just love this because he he Evan tried to get this girl to sing that song. Right. She couldn't do it at first. She just. And finally, she got up there after him, you know, urging her to sing. She gets up there and starts singing this song. And the Holy Spirit is so powerful in this girl, she can't finish the song. She breaks down weeping, okay? And, and everybody breaks down weeping over this song. Isn't that powerful? And at the, end of the, at the end of the thing, they played that song in Wales, in the, you know, the Welsh language, uh, it was beautiful, and then they sang it in English. That's how they ended it. Man, and, and that's really what that revival, to me, was about. Here is love. Love has come to earth, and it's saving all these people that, you know, needed the Lord and would have never found the Lord. And think about the, 
the families. Um, I was telling Sue and them the other night about a friend of mine. Um, his family was affected by people who were in that revival. And his grandmother was healed instantly of cancer. She was dying of cancer. And her friends, they had these some guys come for some meetings, drug, drug this poor woman who could barely walk on her deathbed to these meetings. And, you know, they had a line of people for healing, and the guy, you know, you had to come up, you know, your turn. But he stopped in the middle, looked at him, pointed at him, and says, do you believe the Lord can heal you? And she said, yeah. He said, you're healed. And she was instantly healed. Went home, started cleaning the house. It hadn't been clean because her family, her husband and sons were all coal miners, and they were nasty people. <laughs> they were nasty spirits. They all, she comes home, starts cleaning. They come in. They all get saved. Okay, one of her, well, not one of her sons, two of her sons became powerful preachers in England, revivalists. It's like right now, five generations of people who, who are in the ministry of some level, some type, because that one woman got saved. That one woman got saved and healed, and now, to this day, there's grandchildren from my, of my friends. It's five, they're the fifth generation that are leading worship or becoming pastors. Or That's what God does. See, it's not just about an event. It's about generations. It's about people. It's about people who have not been born yet. There's that psalm, Lord, y'all have ruined my message. <laughs> that there's a psalm that says for a generation yet to be born and when that night when that woman was born again and when God healed her it was for this grandson of my friend who's preaching this morning a generation not born that that power of God visited those generations isn't that amazing and that's what God wants to do y'all I believe he wants to do it again and I'm just you know thank you Lord well, thank you, Lord. <laughs> 20 minutes. What should I do? Go home? Uh, I can't answer that question. I'm not in charge of singing. If y'all... Everything's complicated today, Okay. She's, they're doing what that girl did. Like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that song. Huh? Sarah, you're the girl. I'm not the guy. <laughs> hey, we can sing this song. Yeah, that would be really good. Her and Jacob can do some stuff, buddy. They're amazing. Yeah. Yes, I think this would be very appropriate. Here is love, right? Here is love, you know. You've sang it before, right? Yeah. A big part of that uh, revival was singing. Uh, Roberts, I'm, I'm giving them a moment to get ready. They had a ministry team that would travel with him. He would travel from churches. To, he would go into a church and preach for a while. 
uh, and then leave and go to the church down the street because there'd be a pile of people down there. And, and he had this team of people, and they were mainly women. And, and listen to this. They were women that were preaching. And in those days, women were not allowed to preach, but the Spirit of God came on them. Who's going who's gonna to back down them women under the anointing? You know, those, those old boy preachers that disagree with it, they kept their mouth shut. <laughs> so that's what they would do, and they would sing and testify. And, and it was like when they had opened their mouth, it was like God was doing it, speaking through them, and it would just cut people to their heart. It, it was just amazing. Are you ready? Y'all going to sing with me? Yeah. yeah. If they can do this alone, let's stand up and sing it together. <laughs>
consecrated to the Lord you know what I'm saying and I felt like God began to show things to me about me that were not pleasing to him and it was like not big things they were just mainly little things you know in the way I may treat people or attitudes and and things like that and so I, I just really went through a time through the end of last year of just real repentance in my life and and just telling the Lord, confessing my my sins to Him. Uh, you know, I, I, I do believe that we're already forgiven for our sins, but I believe it's necessary to confess, to free us. Confession's for us. It's not for God. God already knows you know, what kind of jerk I've been, you know. It's not a new thing to him. But for me to confess to him is freedom. They're just freedom in confessing and say, telling the Lord, Lord, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And we also had some things in our life from the way past. And I think Becky may have shared some of that. Uh, where we owed money from 40 years ago that we felt the Lord convict us that we needed to make that right. And it was not like a lots of money. It was just, you know, when you're young, you do dumb things, especially when you're young and broke and living off of credit cards, you know, <laughs> making bad choices. And uh, that was a really a part of, part of what God was doing in our life. And it just made me... It made me miss the Lord in the ways I've walked with him in the past because I feel I felt like that that God had more for me. And I did carry a lot of disappointment in me about the past because, you know, just things not working the way I felt they should should. And and so just being able to confess all that to the Lord and let God have all that. You know, it just prepares your heart. It like, it's like break up the fallow ground and sow for your self-righteousness. You know, fallow ground is ground that has been plowed and worked in the past, but it's laid for a while. And if you 
where I came from, the ground was sandy, but even sandy ground that had been worked, it would have clumps of hardness that would develop in it. You know? And it's like God had been doing that in my life, breaking up that fallow ground in me for the Holy Spirit to begin to move in my life again in a new way. And I can tell you, uh, He is. He's brought me back into a place of spirituality with Him that my heart longs for what I believe part of who I am is in this there's a spirit realm that God's made real to me and God has brought me back to a place where that spirit realm has, is becoming more and more real to me and the real me is beginning to really be there to come forth like I haven't been in a long time and I think that's what the move of God in the Welsh Revival did for people. It brought them to who they are, who God created them to be, and to know, to know that they're loved and to know that they're accepted by God and that they don't have to live on the outside looking in. And that's why all these coal miners would come in because they suddenly were loved and accepted by God. And they needed had a place at the Father's table and that nobody could take their place. So I just wanted to, to share that to you, share that, and uh, just really commend you to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you right now. Uh, to begin to convict you. If, you. if you're carrying things in your life that you know are not right, you see, here's the beautiful thing about it. Is He will give you the power to overcome stuff. He will give you the power to resist temptation. He will give you the ability to say no to things that you can't say no to on your own. He gives you that power. Once you begin to humble yourself, it's what Paul said, or, or James, uh, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. He will bring you up. He will exalt you. He will give you his strength he will give you his energy. He will give you his power to push back against the things that afflict your thinking and afflict your heart. Amen? Amen. Yes, ma'am. Holly. All right. Everybody, let's meet Holly. All right. Let me, I have to say this about Holly. Do not go in and play her soccer one-on-one -on -one for money because you will lose big time because she played professional soccer. Yeah. I'm impressed with that, man. I, I'm impressed with people can do that. So I jokingly challenged her to a soccer game. And everybody says, you will be humiliated and defeated. Becky wants me to stop. Yeah, because I don't want to break this flow, being funny. I just feel like the Lord's moving this morning. And um, I grabbed her because we, we've got a couple of people going back there to pray for the young people this morning. Just want to release stuff to them. Mm, feeling fire. Woo. Woo, yeah. So she caught me. I grabbed her and she caught me and shared this testimony. And I just think the Lord is just doing something this morning. I don't know where this will go, but um, that song, uh, back in 2009, I had decided that I was thinking about going to Bethel, the, Beth the ministry school. And I had heard a sermon and then at the end of the sermon, they sang that song. I think it's when Bethel released that song. And I meditated on that song as I was deciding, because um, I was just so hungry for God. And I just 
not anyway, but, um, and I just meditated on that song over and over while I was deciding to go. I just listened to it over and over and over and over. And so, I mean, a couple weeks later, I decided to go. A friend and I, she sold her car. We packed up all that we had, like, all everything. We just went. And we pulled up. Literally, we pulled into the city of Reading, and we got, we walked with it just in time for Sunday service. And we sat down in the back. And the first song that they played <laughs> was the first song they played. And I just fell down. But then the Lord would use that song that whole first year every time he'd do a major work in me. That song would come on again and confirm his love over me. <laughs> I haven't heard that song since that year in, in a corporate setting. <laughs> and it's been, you know, 10 years, right? <laughs> um, you, I don't know. This you guys, it just happened today. You know, you, this wasn't planning on happening here, and it happened today. And so there's just, the Lord is finishing something. The Lord is finishing something. Yeah. Yeah. God, so we welcome you to finish. We welcome you to finish the good work that you started, that you never meant to end. It was never supposed to end or dwindle. God, it was supposed to increase. And let it increase with us. Let it increase with us, God. I think a prayer in that, in that revival was bend us, O Lord. Bend us, O Lord. So God, we say yes, bend us. Bend us. Bend us towards you, Jesus. Ooh. holy unto you, God. Let everything else fall to the ground because your name stands true forever. That's it. Just you, Jesus. Oh. So that's good. Just give her. That was a lot. That's like, I just want you to know, I've, I've known her testimony. I've spent some time getting her testimony and hunger for the Lord, there's a hunger in her that I I want renewed. And do y'all want, I mean, it's like she she didn't tell you this, but she pretty much gave up soccer to follow this hunger that was in her life. So um, isn't that amazing? So thank you, Holly. And I just say, Lord, help us. I mean, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something, and we don't know what to do. We don't know how, but we're just saying, Lord, bend us. Just bend us. I mean, do we want what the world has? Do we want that? I mean, what, what else is there? The Lord. He's everything. In whatever way he needs to take us now, we need to just say, yeah, yield, go. Lord, bend us. Help us get to where we can be what you want us to be in this world. So, amen. What you want us to do now? Let's just pray for the. They're praying for them again. Let's just pray again. Let's stand up. Holy Ghost. 
Lord, we're asking you, Lord, we, we know that often revivals begin with children and young people. And, Lord, we're just asking you, Lord, for the fire. Lord, let the fire fall. Let the wind blow. Let the glory come down, Lord. Let the fire fall. Let the wind blow and let the glory come down, Lord. Lord, whatever walls are up, Lord, let them come down. Lord, we just don't care what it looks like. But we're just asking you, Lord, to come. Just light the fire again, God. Light the fire again, Lord. Lord, some of us have never even lived through any kind of a revival. And, Lord, we need revival fire. We need it. And we are asking you, Lord... Lord, for those that have lived for it and have gotten it's become mundane, we're asking you, Lord, to burn again. Burn again in us, Lord God. Whew. How many of you feel like you have DNA? I feel like there's people in the room that are carrying DNA. I feel like I feel you in the room. There's something in you, and it's deep. I, I feel like if you feel that, I just want the Lord to release that in you afresh right now. Yeah. Just release that afresh. There's just something in you that's burning for more, for fire, for revival in this world. I just feel you in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Lord. Woo. Release, release, release it, Lord. Release it. Release it. It's release. Oh, just release it. Okay, now those you want it, just lift your hand. I think we all do. We all do, yes. <laughs> just, oh, Lord, we're just crying out. Holy Ghost, we're crying out. Whew, thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. Because I've all... I've known the Lord has spoken to me that through that song, with yeah. that song, would start yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And he would start yeah. with the young people. Yeah. This Woo. is the beginning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, is, can we look? Oh, here we go. Yeah, we are having some. Mm. Oh. Oh, okay. I had a dream this week, and I am just so undone by the Lord that I just couldn't resist sharing it. Um, I was in this tower, and um, it was a round tower, like, you know, in the Middle Ages, and um, it didn't have the corners on it. It was round, and... Um, a lot of people that know me know, like, I have a lot of edginess about me because I've been through a lot of really difficult things in my life. And um, it, in this tower, there were several people I knew that had really died to themselves. And um, one of them was a client of mine, and um, I admire her so much because she's given up everything for her family, her mom who had a stroke and just just pours out her life for other people. And she started singing to me. And her song was the most beautiful song I've ever heard. 
And she was just singing, do you love the cross? Do you love the cross? And I could see in my mind's eye the, the, the splinters on the cross and what a rough thing it was. And, um, and I thought, I've forgotten to love the cross. And that strong tower had no walls on it that an enemy could climb up. And, and, and I remembered where it says, the Lord is a strong tower. And when we die to ourselves, and we, I just wanted to hug that cross and all the difficulties in it. And I know so many people in this room have learned to hug that cross, to love the death to ourselves and to love what the Lord's done for us. And when we do that, the enemy has no way to get to us. So I just think that that's, that's revival. Do we love the cross? Do we love what Jesus has done for us? And I just wanted to share that. No, we got to. Well, we're just having a Holy Ghost flow morning. Is that all right? Um, your the message that you guys gave um, this week um, really affected me um, because they were talking about how um, whenever we come to know the Lord, you know, we pray a prayer and we ask the Father to be, come into our lives, but there was a switch that went on because you were talking about how, no, it's the Lord that's been pursuing us. He's the one that's been coming after us our entire life, and he wants to put a ring on our finger. He's proposing to us. Mm. as his bride mm. and he's asking us to say yes we don't have to do anything mm. we don't have to be yeah. anything the love is already there and as you seen this morning he's passionately mm. pursuing you mm. he's on his knee <laughs> and he's asking us to be his bride and to be his representatives and to be his ambassador so he wants to put the ring on our finger, and all we have to do is say yes. Amen. Ooh, that's good. Wow. So I think we're going to pray for some people this morning, and um, I think we're going to do that now. Oh, we come on, Judy, Mama Judy. Come here. Oh, come on. Come on. Y'all good for another minute or two? Do y'all feel the Lord in the room? Are you feeling Okay. I, I'm shaking, shaking, and I, I didn't want to come up here again, but I, I saw Jesus. You know, like um, when you light candles at a wedding, you got this, and you light it. And he told me, if you want revival, and I know I'm a part of revival. He said, if you want that, just to stick your wick up, and he will light the candle with fire. So we receive your lighting. We receive the lighting of the fire that comes from off the altar, from heaven. Lord, we can't do this by ourselves, but we, we stir up that gift of revival that was in Wales. It was just the, and the cross and the blood and the love is all here. And so we, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Light our candle. 
light our candles. Send the fire from off the altar. There's an altar where the fire burns always. And he's bringing his candle lighter from the altar in this church to light the fire of revival for everyone who sticks their hands up. We will be transformed in this moment. This moment in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Breakthrough, 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 break open. Breakthrough, breakthrough, break open. Fire of God. Break open, Jesus. Come, light each one with your candle from off the altar. Thank you for bringing it to us down here, being in our midst to light our candle with the fire from the altar that never, ever goes out. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, do. Be filled with fire. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you do not, just open your mouth. Send the fire, God, with the evidence. Yes, fire, miracles, signs, and wonders. And then my Koshota de Basata, E Kashanta Baba, O Santa Tata, O Santa Kibasanta Tata, O Santa. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to tell you that you're a part of something. This, this week, we've been invited to go to California where there will be a thousand pastors gathering with Mario Murillo. We were invited to come. So right now we connect with that. We connect with the real, we we die to self. We're crucified with Christ. Nonetheless, we live, but the life we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith in the spirit of Jesus Christ. I can feel that you want to push through. You feel that, Becky? We want to push through. We do, Lord. Lord, just reach your hand to Judy, them going out. Lord, we just bless that, Lord. We just say, Lord, light the fire out there with those thousand pastors, Lord. Lord, let revival fire spread from California all across the nation, Lord God. Revival fire just burning. It's the hope for our nation. The hope for our nation is awakening and revival. There is not another answer. We have to be changed from the inside out, Lord. We are crying out for that, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Is there any way to find the song, Here is Love, as we're going out? Here is Love back there on the CD. We got somebody else. Amen. I feel like we need to play Here is Love on the CD. Yes. yes. Play that song. In Jesus' name, play that song. Woo, man, that's, oh. Whatever Nova release, if you want the cross, I want to invite you to come forward. Because sometimes, you know, our mind decisions need to have an action of faith. Even if you don't feel anything, if you're home, if you want the cross, it comes with a price. But I promise you, it is Christ himself that you will hug. So uh, if you want this, I, w- I want to anoint you. I've been carrying this all in my pocket. 
And I will, I feel like I need to put the sign of the cross over your forehead. If you want the cross, come and hug the cross. And we'll pray for you and we'll release that revival. Okay. So we're going to just keep going after the Holy Spirit. And it's going to go for as long as it goes. But if you need to go, go ahead and go. Um, don't forget your kids. Maybe go grab your kids and bring them in into this environment. But right now the Lord is doing something. And we're going to go after it. But if you got to go, go. Don't feel caught in between. But that's what we're doing, so we're going to officially close the service, but we're going to keep it going here. <laughs> 